0: Good evening. Stephen Kent Mirasu here. Welcome to the Wine Saves Lives podcast. It's getting toward nightfall here uh, on Sunday Father's Day. Had a, a wonderful time with my four kids and three grandkids today in San Jose and made my way back up with my, with my gal to home. Here in the East Bay, and you know, ruminating a little bit on on fathers, on generations, really. Um, the Mirasu family, of which I am a sixth-generation winemaker, is the oldest winemaking family in the country. My family started making wine six years. I love. I kind of love this uh, this parenthetical. Aside, six years before Abraham Lincoln was president, six years before one of the most famous figures in history became president of the United States, my family was making wine in San Jose. We are the oldest winemaking family in the country. Throughout Prohibition, we were selling fruit to home winemakers on the East Coast. We would, like a lot of California wineries at the time, uh, that were prevented from doing the thing that we did by the government, by uh, the 18th Amendment, we sold fruit to home winemakers. The Volstead Act that was part of Prohibition allowed families to make 200 gallons of wine a year for personal consumption. And the fruit had to come from somewhere. So on the East Coast, the fruit came from California. And the family would load boxcars full of fruit that would go through Chicago to the East Coast, and the families would make wine from the fruit that came from California. That's what my family did. Throughout the 13 years of Prohibition, we subsisted as a family business uh, selling fruit to home winemakers. And then after Prohibition ended... We got right back into the winemaking game. Um, I, I'm always amazed, and I wrote about this in in my first book called Lineage. the 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 persistence of the family one aspect of things that that continues to uh, enliven me. Uh, more I guess philosophically, i suppose uh, is is the is the family connection generation to generation to what previous generations were doing before us wine making grape growing is a very seasonal business, like every other agricultural business, there are seasons, and the season is when. If you're growing row crops like my family did in Monterey County in the early 60s, growing potatoes for potato, for Lay's potato chips and sugar beets for Spreckle Sugar Company, there's a a narrow window in which seeds are planted, crops grow, crops are harvested, and then sold to whomever the end user happens to be, or the middleman happens to be. Grapes are a little bit different in that the vines can live for decades but each year brings a new crop brings bud break brings flowering brings set brings the 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 growing of bunches of grapes the change in color called verasion so red grapes start out green and verasion is a process whereby Grapes turn colors. They turn They turn from green to red. They soften. The grapes start to expand in size and become the grapes that we know of from movies and, and, and pictures and all that kind of stuff. The grapes that we harvest and that we press and we ferment and become wine. What's amazing to me is that I'm in a vineyard, walking around, tasting grapes before harvest, pointing to a particular day that I need to get those grapes off of the vines, because they're perfect. They have the right balance of sugar and acidity and flavor and texture. I need to pick them now so that I can make world-class wine from them. My great-great-great-grandfather was doing the same thing 160 years before me. My great great grandfather was doing the same thing a hundred and twenty years before me. My grandfather, my great this 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 chain, this link, this line, the lineage of my family is a very powerful connection for me. I not only exist as a winemaker in my time, but I'm linked to the wine making generations of my family that preceded me, and by extension i 'm linked to every winemaker who 's ever lived and whoever will live so i 'm a pivot point for the future as well for my son and my granddaughter and my great great grandchildren, hopefully I exist in this line that doesn 't end, and that 's a really compelling Place to be. It's a compelling um, argument for getting up early every morning during harvest and making sure that what we're getting from the vineyard is the absolute best thing we can possibly get, and that what we make from that raw product is the best wine that we can possibly make. We are husbandmen, we are shepherds in the vineyard. We are taking beautiful fruit and we're helping to allow its expression of beauty in the form of wine ultimately. And if we do our jobs right in the vineyard and do our jobs right in the winery, we end up making something that's magical and something that, that connects the wine drinker to previous bottles of wine to previous occasions in which that wine was important. You used it to to toast new lives, new careers, the passing of the people you love the most. Wine is a very um, important thing in that regard. It's not just something that's delicious. It's not just something that you drink. It is a signifier of culture, a signifier of a way of viewing life, a way of viewing the aesthetic side of life that continues through generations, through wars, through famine, through all of the ills that uh, that we are heir to—it's a—it um, is a special, special thing. Anyway. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I hope you're all drinking something delicious tonight. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.